two scared siblings. Hello. Hello. Yes. So we just had an adventure, um, we're, which we're gonna share. It was a chilly so adventure, but it, it was. was good. So it's really fucking cold in in where we live right now, Alberta. It's a wasteland. It is, and it was freezing yesterday. It was like minus twenty something. Yeah, with wind chill, it was uh, like Celsius. minus twenty five. Yeah, Celsius. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was. It's bad. I don't know what that translates into in Fahrenheit. Probably like it's higher, cold. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they understand and can Google this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Google it and you'll just be like, oh, oh, I'm so glad I don't live in Alberta. Unless you're one of Al- our Albertan listeners, in which case, you know, rest in peace. But You know what it's like. Yeah, you know what we're going through. Mm. Yeah, so last night was freezing and we saw a kitty. Just now. Just now. Yeah, there was a cat, a neighborhood cat. We've got a lot of people who let their cats out like fools. Yeah, and, outdoor cats is just not a good idea. No, that that's pretty much like, okay, life expectancy cut in half. But... Yeah. Um, Guaranteed a violent death. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. But uh, this cat, so she was like... It's warmed up now, but there's still a lot of snow on the ground, and she was like... Yeah, the ground's still frozen. Yeah, yeah. she was gingerly crossing the street, lifting her paws. Yeah, she kept stopping in the middle of the street and like crouching like she was in pain and just like yeah lifting her little peats yeah so we went over there and she yeah. was she did make it to her door yeah she went up there and was sitting sadly in the snow and meowing plaintively and at pawing. us when we called at <laughs> yeah. her and pawing um, at it so andrea i just did a little bit of beanie just a little bit, though. Only a <laughs> She didn't bit. actually have to break or enter. No, they I left broke. left the door unlocked. Yes, well, yeah, yeah I didn't break. The no. cat entered. So it was a non-break and cat entering yeah. situation. Yeah, and so she just, yeah, so I just saved opened it up, the cat's paws. scooped the cat into the house yeah. and ran away. Yeah, the, it that, was terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was actually kind of scary. It is alarming. Like... We don't know you're these not, people. You weren't on their property, though, technically, because you're on the stoop, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know them. I don't know if they're nice or not. One of the, the older people who lives there seems, like, scary. She does. But, she looks not friendly. Yeah, she'll, like, she'll stand at the window of the screen just, like, smoking and, like, staring at me when I'm on my smoke breaks and, like... It's not like a friendly gaze. It's like a weird staring at you smoking like gaze. Like grumpy. Like a, I don't know, like a hardened PI. I like, wish we could shoot people. Yeah, I wish we could. Look. Yeah. That's what it was. If only she shotguns always looks like, were... She's like, I, had a, I wish I had a shotgun. Yeah, maybe she does. If she does, I, I feel like she'd be the type to have it sawed off. Yeah. So <laughs> the serial number is like filed off too. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. So I risked my life. Yeah, <laughs> to save this cat's paws. <laughs> well, we were worried that she was going to get frostbite. So, yeah, now hopefully she will not. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be better. So that was our adventure. <laughs> we're paranoid <laughs> about cats. We love all of them so much that we will come into your house. <laughs> <laughs> we will. No, we won't, actually. If we see your cat out there, we won't enter your house, but we will put your cat in your house. And then run away. And then run away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so that there, was that's our adventure. Scary. Yeah, so I guess that's what we're both scared of is like scary people's houses and how cranky they're gonna get, and, and I'm also scared cats about how getting cats, hurt. Like outdoor how they cats. fare in this weather when they're outdoor cats. Yeah, last night I was thinking about that. I was like, if there was any cats out like last night when it was minus twenty five, that they'd be fucked. Yeah, like well, it's cold. I mean, a lot of them do make it through that weather, but I just don't know what they do, and I'm. 
assuming well, with their feet though, yeah. Yeah, well, I had a cat that was an outdoor cat, which it wasn't I mean, by choice, yeah. No, I mean, I like I've since smartened up, but like it wasn't my idea to have him be an outdoor cat. Somebody started putting him outdoors and then he refused to stay indoors. And because, that's how it usually happens. Yeah, they get addicted to going outside because it's more interesting. But they don't, yeah. obviously, they're cats. They don't understand, like, the risks. No. And so he no. got frostbite once. Shit. Because we couldn't find him. Yeah. Um, He had gone on an adventure and he got frostbite on his ears. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, they usually do. And That's after that, I was like, no, he's not an outdoor cat anymore. But then, of course, my ex hated Insisted. it. But, like, he just didn't have the patience to ride it out when our cat would just meow and howl at the door. And yeah. he would just put him outside. Yeah, no, he and was I'm like, cranky. No. And remember. then he disappeared forever. Yeah, he disappeared forever. And he was this beautiful cat, only, like, five years old or something. Like He was only, like, a year old. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. I thought he was older. Oh, yeah. So and you just don't know. He was big. Like, he was a he big was a tomcat, big, but he cat. was, like, Siamese, like, almost Persian-y, Siamese-colored, but yeah, short-haired like tabby. Point. It was weird. Yeah, he was a seal point tabby. <laughs> he was yeah. With big blue eyes. I loved yeah, him so much gorgeous. as a child. And he just disappeared. I'm hoping somebody just stole him because he was too beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping so, too. And also, outdoor cats are terrible for the ecosystem. They absolutely destroy it. Yeah, so why yeah. have outdoor cats? Keep your cats yeah. inside, protect them, and protect the ecosystem. Yeah, the hunting of the very small animals that they're just going to automatically do because that comes naturally to cats, like, it really fucks up the ecosystem. It's a big thing. Yeah. But yeah, so that's our that's our lecture for today. There you go. We're heroes, dang it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but today we actually have some horrific high school stuff for you. Like, yeah. high school horror stories. Not our own, but I found a good list of some fucked up shit that's happened in high school. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because that's the theme. That is indeed the theme. <laughs> and Andrea has a case. So I'm going to go first. I'm going to start us off. Are you Are you excited? I'm excited. Get excited. Yes. Feel the excitement. And I'm the one that matters. Here. I'm going to take a drink. No of... drinking. It's too late. <laughs> oh. This uh, foam is falling on me. I know. That's like... <laughs> that's kind of just your lifestyle, that's I think. It's really just... Every day. You know what? I don't judge you for your like choices. Fine. My choices. <laughs> it's for your my phone. choices. <laughs> yeah, I don't judge you for my choices. <laughs> All right. So, high school horrors. We're gonna start off with Yanagawa High School. So uh, I got some of this info from Listverse, and, but there's news sources attached to each one. And uh, yeah, so. Yanagawa High School, in an incident that started out as mass hysteria, 27 girls collapsed at Yanagawa High School in Japan after seeing a vengeful spirit in 2014. Oh, okay. Yeah, it started out with one girl screaming at the top of her lungs that she was paralyzed and unable to move. Then more girls started displaying the same behavior, causing other students to rush to the classroom to see what was happening. And this carried on for a couple of hours, with people suspecting that the girls became possessed by the spirit of a headless ghost. The girls were yelling, kill me and die, and eventually the school doors were closed. Some believe that a headless girl, rumored to haunt the area of Mount Hiko and the Aburagi Dam, had somehow possessed one of the schoolgirls while she and classmates were out on an excursion to it, so I'm guessing like a field trip. She carried the spirit home with her, which then took hold of the other pupils during class. So, Why there's a tweet. Headless? 
Um, I'm not sure what the legend behind the ghost that haunt, that haunts Mount Hiko is. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's like there's a headless girl that's rumored to haunt that mountain, and they went there on like a school trip, right? So a tweet from one of the students as the events unfolded went, um, Our school. Rumors going around that an evil spirit was brought back from the mountain. Now over 15 people are dropping like flies. The girls are saying things like, Kill me and die. It's too crazy. We're on standby in the classroom. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they had a lockdown because of this, sounds like. Yep. That's awesome. Maybe it was it somebody fucked. just wanted a day off. Yeah, maybe it was one. For, and they, <laughs> it did become just like a mass hysteria thing, so everyone else felt weird. Yeah. And got, like, roped into it, like that dancing fever thing. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, but. It seems like, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I do believe, <laughs> I also do believe in ghosts personally so for fans who are like yes we were hoping one of you was a believer that's me and i you do feel like there is a thing where you can bring back spirits from places that are charged like they can just kind of cling to you yeah if you go there and you come back and i had an experience at a graveyard that was similar um i got back home it was nasty okay now you have to tell us what happened at the graveyard well i hung out at a graveyard all day with my best friend when i was 17 yep (laughs) We, I just graduated and we had nothing to do. We wanted to go to this graveyard and just hang out and enjoy the day. So we just went there and we were respectful. Everything was fine. We were just like relaxing on the grass and talking. And we just went back and forth between there and like a restaurant across the street. And it was beautiful. It was great. When I got home, I was sitting on the bed with my ex. We were like playing a video game or just chatting. And suddenly I just got this overwhelming wave of grief out of nowhere. And I felt fine prior and even after it was so weird it felt like something was being pulled out of my body i had to like stumble into mom's room and like hold on to her i was so sad all of a sudden oh my god yeah so it was a weird emotional thing yeah it's creepy and yeah yeah and that's what i thought at the time was that i'd brought something back basically yeah, yeah. so next one this one's more uh, you know like practical <laughs> school bus <laughs> stabbing which is oh. always practical. Yes. In Porter, Oklahoma, 15-year-old Dustin Dillingham stabbed 16-year-old uh, Carl Andrew, Andy Robinson, on a school bus on the afternoon of December 8, 2003. The suspect jumped off the bus and ran into the woods, still carrying the knife. About a dozen students were on the bus during the stabbing, ranging from 5 to 18 years old. Oh my god. Yeah, so there must have been some elementary school kids there too, yeah. the kindergartners. County road workers saw 15-year-old Dustin Dillingham hiding near a pond about three miles west of the search area. So officers arrested him and say he gave them no trouble and, in fact, showed them where he threw the knife he used to stab Andy Robinson. Dillingham's family, and this is interesting, says he's been picked on and they'd recently been encouraging him to stand up for himself. Is that how they said to stand up for himself that's why i'm wondering they kind of left it at this um, you should probably just stab your bully yeah just stab just stab the guy right in his dang old head like what are you gonna do like where did he stab him i'm not sure actually did Um, he die yes i believe there was a death yeah oh i don't believe he survived i'm not positive like it was just him who died so he was a target i'm guessing but yeah he's probably the one who's bugging him the most yeah, but I mean, like, the family, that's a weird quote to give after your son stabs Yeah, someone. not like, oh, we're so sorry, like, for 
his family yeah. and no it's uh well we did tell him to stand up for himself good yeah. old boy like <laughs> is that supposed to be an oklahoma accent <laughs> no that was supposed to be like sawed off shotgun accent that's the oh, lady okay. across the, the street. lady across the street <laughs> yeah, no. got it no it's like I, I guess the type of yeah i don't actually know if the families like that though because this was like a summary of it right mm-hmm. since i've got a lot here in you fact do. my next one is kyanguli fire massacre in early March 2001, Davis uh, Onyango Opio, then a 16-year-old Form 3 student, approached Felix Mambo Ngumbao with a plan to burn down a dormitory in the school. Opio told uh, Ngumbao that he, like many students in the school, did not like the new principal, David Mitisu Kilu. Top of the list of complaints against the new administration was the low quality of food they said was being provided. Some of the survivors later said that they sus- that they like suspected the administration's demands for unpaid school fees as well as decision to cancel um, KCSE, which I think is a major type of test over there. Mm-hmm. So they canceled the results over cheating, and uh, this was done by the Ministry of Education. They think this also contributed to the tragedy. So on Saturday, the 24th of March, when the rest of the school had attended a school sports event, the two boys went to Machakos town and bought 15 liters of petrol. Yep. Okay. That night, some students complained to the school authorities that they smelt petrol coming from one of the dormitories. However, a search by the principal, the head boy, and the night guard did not reveal anything, which is weird. You'd think they'd be able to find it. Something. It's 15 liters. But <laughs> prior to the tragedy, there had been an unsuccessful attempt to torch the principal's office and the library. There had also been notes circulated in school calling for a strike against the administration, but the student body seemed not to be bothered by the call. So at around 1 a.m. on the 25th of March, students were woken up by screams and fire from the dormitory. The night guard on duty later reported that on that night, he spotted someone with a flashlight near the dormitory. When he stopped the student, he recognized that was Felix Ngumbao. When questioned by the guard, Ngumbao said that he had gone to fetch water. Ugh. The deputy, okay. yeah, convincing. The deputy <laughs> principal also narrated that on the same night he bumped into Nagumbao, took his admis- uh, uh, took his admission number for punishment, then let him go. The dormitory had a capacity of one hundred and thirty, a padlock on the main door, as well as oh. metal barriers, yeah, placed on the windows, prevented the students from escaping. So the school still retains the same name, and the site of the burnt dormitory is no more, and has been replaced by a grass lawn and timber which serves as a memorial park. 58 of the students were buried in six mass graves in the school compound. Oh, no. Okay, so did this Felix Gumbau guy die too? No, I don't think oh, so. so. I'm pretty sure those two were charged. Yeah, they were both charged. Um, <clears throat> I think they both got like several years of life or something. Well, that's a lot of murder, so yeah. Yeah, no, this killed 58 kids. Like, goodness fucking gracious, that's, that's, and that's not a helpful strike. How does that change the administration's mind? I don't know. Like, like why the are students you attacking were the, ones the other over. students? Yeah, like, they were the ones if being screwed like over. If you don't like the principal, attack the principal. <laughs> and, or at least do a better frame-up. I feel like this was, like, anger at that, but they also just, like, this was also someone who wanted to set shit on fire. Yeah, maybe it was just, like, like a, something he liked to do, and he's like, hey, I have a really good reason now. Yeah, hey, I'm mad. Now's perfect time. Yeah. Yeah. So, last one. Lambertville High. Um, New Jersey's... New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey. Shout out. We You have a lot of cryptids. 
Um, you do. New Jersey's Lambertville High had at one point been named the most haunted school on the East Coast. Fortunately, the building has since been torn down. Some people have reported seeing fiery eyes floating around on the sports field and a disembodied voice screaming. That's really gross. Yep. I don't like that. Disembodied voices are I hate those. alarming. I know. I like them when they're bodied. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Others have reported seeing the ghost of a former football player who broke his neck and died during a match. Previous library director Harold Dunn claimed that the red burning eyes would appear if someone went up to the field at night. The disembodied voice would ominously tell the person to run. No, I hate that. That would be so awful. That like, oh. mm-hmm. Mysterious messages and pictures also appeared on chalkboards in the classrooms. That would be fucked up too. Are they just trying to chat? I, I don't know. They're just like, Why hey, run? you should right? run. Well, maybe he's like, run. We're oh, playing football. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Run for the, <clears throat> what is it, end zone? Yeah, the 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 thing. <laughs> run the, for the touchdown. Run for the ball ground touch. End zone, I think. It's still it's got a right whatever. I, I know don't care. sports. <clears throat> I do good too. Thing them <laughs> clearly sports. Very clear. Did you know New Jersey does not listen to us? New Jersey. <laughs> right. Well, and it is they like should. no good to scold them because they aren't listening. Well, I don't know. We're to gonna do. have to tag this New Jersey and just We're get going someone. to. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Because you have something to answer New for. New York listens to us. Yeah. And there is a healthy... <clears throat> okay, I don't know how healthy. Uh, there's a rivalry between the two alive. Of you, yeah. <laughs> as far as I can tell from what I've seen on TV. It's TV's always right. And you don't want us talking about New York all nice and... Yeah, and just making you out to have, like, all these haunted schools. You disembodied voices more. and cryptids. Yeah, and you... Like, this school has been in existence since 1854 after being torn down in 2012. So it was old. The original building was mostly destroyed in a fire in the early 1920s. And several rumors, so these are unsubstantiated, claimed that 150 students were killed in the fire as well as some of the teachers. A tribute stone at the school is said to have been placed there in remembrance of this terrible event. So it seems like something that would be hard to not be able to verify, so I'm not sure. Like, it could be a rumor, it could be true. Yeah, this should be... Yeah, like, city construction official Ken Rogers said that walking through the former school scared him, but it wasn't ghosts. It was the stability of the walls exposed to the elements for decades after the fire caused the roof to collapse. There were trees growing out of the third floor, he said. I don't know what they were growing out of, but they were. That's weird. Yeah. So they weren't going through, like, the, the first and second floor. No, he didn't. He couldn't figure out where these fucking They're trees like, were coming literally from. literally planted in the floor of the third floor. Yeah, that is actually really fucking weird. Yeah, yeah I don't know. And since a fire did happen, I mean, probably someone did die. Like, it's a school. It's populated. Yeah. Unless it was burned down in the dead of night, right? But, yeah. So, those are some creepy high school horror tales. I wanted to avoid, like, school shootings because I think we're all still reeling from those, so. And there are so many. There are a lot, and mm-hmm. it's also, like, we've all had to hear about those, like, so much. I wanted to give you guys more, like... Stuff you haven't heard Creepy of. stuff, yeah. Well, and, like, stuff you Not, haven't like, heard. horrifically too. sad. Yeah. You don't want to cover everything that's, like, you know, you already know well, from the news. Well, you're bombarded by it, yeah, right now. Like, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Andrea also has a high school-related thing, do, but, but it's this is a case. case. Because yes. it's my favorite thing to do is cases. Yeah, she really likes them. 
Jen, she just wants to be on like Criminal Minds real I bad. Do. Like I want Criminal to. Minds. Let her. Let me in. Let Andrea Criminal Mind <laughs> <laughs> the way you do. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So this is the case, uh, the murder of Michaela Costanzo. Oh, okay. So this is this happened in 2011 in West Wendover, Nova- Nevada. 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 <laughs> There's Nevada. Yeah. Nevada, more like no. There's a yes Vada or no Vada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Nevada. I will stop. Um, so <laughs> she uh, was just cleaning up after track pack practice. Yeah. She, her friends called her Mickey. So I'll probably call her Mickey for a lot of this. Okay. And she was going to walk home. Yeah, after practice. After practice, yeah. And she usually got a ride from her older sister, Christina, but Christina was out of town with her husband. Oh. And this was Thursday, March 3rd, 2011. Oh, geez. So the way McKee was, was she would check in with her mother all the time, um, no matter what she was doing. Like, she would call her after practice. She'd be like, I'm just finished practice. And then she'd call before she's leaving. I'm just leaving practice. Yeah, like what mom wished I'd do. Yeah, well, most moms would wish this and most yeah. kids don't do it but she did yeah um she was like just in constant contact yeah and but then she didn't call to tell her that track practice was over so her mom called her and someone was hitting the ignore button on Michaela's phone like that's oh, what it sounded it was so going it was straight to like, voicemail yeah like after one Shit. ring or something that's not good so then her the rest of her family started calling her because she had two sisters she had that older sister Christina and then um, she had a middle sister named DJ, who she was really close with. Oh. And DJ didn't know where she was, which was also unusual because yeah. they were, like, inseparable pretty much. Yeah. So um, what was really nice to see in this one was um, they were interviewing one of the policemen. And he's like, well, yeah, there's there's no point in waiting. Um, Good. So they started searching so right started away. Right, right. Good. Yeah, because there really isn't a point in waiting. Like No. And what I remember him saying – um, because I watched a documentary, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, was of course. He he was like, you know, most of the time, if we wait to search, then there's like, it it there's just makes it harder to them. find them. Yeah, because if they if something did happen, they've gotten further away. Exactly. Or they could be dead in that period if it's yeah. something bad. Yeah. So as soon right? as you find out something's wrong, you should just look because if they turn out to be okay, that's okay. All you did yeah, was all waste you did a little was bit waste of time, a tiny bit of resources, which yeah. is fine. Like exactly. <laughs> uh, so they. Uh, checked her most recent calls um, from before. Yeah. And I'm not sure hmm. how they did that. Did they get her cell oh, phone? Oh, it must have been. Cell? Yeah, it was her cell phone records. Oh, so they found her cell and checked her records? They didn't find her cell. They just checked her phone records. Oh, yeah. Like, you can, like, online On stuff. the phone yeah. bill. Yeah. Right, yeah. So they checked who the most recent calls were. Um, they first, like, asked her boyfriend, Javier, mm-hmm. like – what was going like if he knew where she was and if she was okay and she he said she was fine weird like last time he saw her oh but he didn't know where she was but at the time she disappeared she had received a lot of texts which suddenly stopped and all of those texts were from one number um they came from cody Patton, which was one of mickey's oldest friends they like were childhood friends yeah they uh according to mickey's mother they never dated right he was an 18-year-old senior at the high school, and they had, as children, lived in the same apartment complex, which is how they had become, like, friends and um, kind of 
you know, known to each other's families. Right. So uh, they interviewed Cody Patton, and he said that he had seen her with some guy, and he wasn't sure if it was Javier. Oh. Uh, yeah, he said he saw her at the school. Right. And um, how old was she? She was 16. Oh, Michaela's okay. 16. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think, yeah, she was younger than he was. Not by a huge amount. Not by a bit, huge yeah. amount. Um, so Christina, the older sister, went out to find her. She drove all night alone. Um, and then she went to this area called, they call them the gravel pits, but she didn't find her. Oh. So on day three of her being missing, it's Saturday morning now, Shit. searchers did notice something odd around the gravel pits. It was fresh tire tracks. And, like, oh, nobody no. goes out there really. No. Because um, Nevada's like a desert. Well, and gravel <laughs> pits don't really sound like the place to be. But <laughs> No, it's really just, like... Literal gravel pits. It's like gravel and desertiness, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, they saw sagebrush, and then they, they decided to, like, look around it, right? And there was blood Shit. around it. So... Yeah. Oh, no. Um, and then they dug into the area where the blood was, and they found a body. Shit. Christina was still out looking, like she was doing regular drives to look for Michaela, and so she drove by and saw this going on, and she kind of stopped, and they were like, "Yeah, we can't do anything until the morning. Like what? we can't say that it's definitely her. Oh, right. We can't uncover the body. Um, we can't move her until morning because the forensics team couldn't come into the morning, and they really what? need." You need forensics to check it out, right? Yeah, so you that do. Um, they can have any hope of catching somebody who might have murdered. Yeah, someone, right. Yeah, exactly. So they couldn't move her; they had to just leave her out there all night. But they did oh. have it um, being like, like, like watched, roped. Yeah. roped off, and they had like pe- officers there. Yeah. So um, this knowledge was made public, and then they did discover that it was Mickey when the forensics team came. Shit. It, this Poor happened Christina. five miles from her home. Weird. Yeah, like it wasn't that far. So she was beaten, cut, stabbed repeatedly, Ugh. and she had jagged slashes across her face and neck and head. Yikes. Uh, the blood loss had saturated the ground beneath Ugh. her. Whoa. And so this was like a really aggressive attack. Yeah. Not precise at all. Yeah, like nobody, you know, there are murders where it's just like, quick stab in the heart or like yeah, the jugular you just really they just want to yeah they, to be economic about it like just like it yeah, yeah but this person you want to be like okay i just want you dead so die that's it right? yeah like but, it's practical yeah um in this case it was like clearly someone was pissed someone yeah that's what it seemed like right yeah they're slashing up her face too especially like that's usually it sounds like they're pissed like, yeah like, like it they sounds hate her. angry yeah um her the middle sister, DJ, when she found out that it was her, just, like, yelled, like, let out this, like, animal scream, like, oh. and fell to her knees. And her mother in this documentary was, like, oh my God. Um, the one thing I will always remember is That's the scary. sound my daughter, DJ, made when we were told it was Mickey and Mickey was dead. Yeah, like an and actual that part scream was like, of grief. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. I'm, like, tearing up a little. It was That's hard really to hear. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, this would be, like, your worst nightmare, right? It would. Ugh. And, like, the mom had to stay strong. Yeah, for her kids. For her kids. But that's, like, probably what she felt like doing, too. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. <laughs> um. So it was weird. They found a zip tie around one of her wrists. Oh. So they reviewed the security footage at the school. Right. right, because her last few moments were at the school. Yeah. So they saw Mickey outside the locker room with Cody. Shit. Cody had told officers that he'd seen her leaving the school with someone else, 
Um, but he had been with her. Yeah, so he'd already lied. Yeah, and he had seen that, or he had said that she had left out the uh, front of the school. Like, so he said he saw her with some guy, In that and before area. leaving out the front of the school. Right. And but the footage showed her, with like, him. with him, and then she left out the back doors. Yeah, so he'd so already bullshitted. He'd already bullshitted. Suspicious. So Cody had been struggling at school and with his parents. So he ended up moving in with his fiance's parents. He was engaged to this girl called Tony Fratto. Okay. And basically her family became his second family. Um, the reason that he moved in was because, like, it was either that or she was going to move out with him. And her parents were like, um, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> we want to be able to keep an eye on you. Probably for the best. Well, they were kind of, I think, startled when she got engaged. I think she was 17. Well, yeah. And, like, he's 18. And, like, I know 18 is, like adulthood but marriage seems a bit it's jumping the gun it's young it's still a bit young yeah you're like yeah. barely getting used to legal adulthood like, yeah yeah it's when a you're big still choice. in high school yeah exactly if you're, you're still, still in high, high school, school that seems like rough like yeah, yeah it's just definitely jumping the gun a bit so finally cody's father kit brought him to the police station and cody rehashed the story um, he said that he had been calling and texting Mickey to ask her it, for help in moving some car parts. Okay. And that he, he rehashed <clears throat> that he saw her walking to the front of the school. And right. he said, okay, you all right? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. And he and he's like, okay, no worries. Have a good one. And she said, bye. And that was it. So that he, so he said made up a little conversation. Oh, okay. That they had. Yeah. Right. Um, but everyone else they interviewed because they interviewed like all the kids. Yeah. At the school, like that was a good idea all too. of the ones who knew her, and everyone yeah. else they interviewed said they had seen her exiting out of the back of the school. Cody. Yeah. Oh no. So Cody asked if he could spend a minute alone with his dad, and so the officers left the room, and they couldn't hear what was said in there, but then they heard the dad wail. What? And cry. His dad. Yeah. Crying? Oh my god. So he f- told him something. Yeah. So, father, Kit, said that they did catch, like, a little bit of conversation there, and it was basically Kit saying, you got to start fixing this now as much as you can. What you did is heinous, Cody. Oh. I don't want to abandon you at all, okay? You've got to do what's right for Michaela as well. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, not good. No, that's terrible. It's all bad. Okay. So, Cody finally gave in. And yeah. He's like, yeah. He's kind of done caught. Yeah. yeah. So, he told him he picked up Mickey at school. And when they started driving, Michaela started to insist that he break up with Tony and date her instead. And then mm. he refused and she started yelling at him because he wasn't going to break up with Tony and started pounding on his chest. And she hit him and he pushed her. And he said she fell down and hit her head and laid there looking at the sky and her eyes started to turn black and she started shaking and seizing. He tried to check her pulse and got nothing. And then she started flopping. So he grabbed a shovel and hit her on the head (laughs) trying to knock her out. Uh. And it hit her and like tore something up pretty bad. I don't – he didn't specify body parts. Well, I'm guessing her head. Her head or yeah. neck or something. Uh, and, who does that? Like, Yeah. They're seizing, so I'm going to hit them on the head. To knock them out so they stop. That's, that's not how you I'll deal with this. a seizure. Yeah. 
What? That is treatment for a seizure, right? Shovel to the head? They're already out. Like, they're going to keep <laughs> seeing. That's not how that works. <laughs> so in the um, in the room, he started getting physically ill trying to describe what had happened. Right. Basically, he told them he panicked and she was making weird sounds. So to stop the sound, he cut her throat. What? And then he put her in a little grave and covered her up and took her clothes um, and burned them. Well... Yeah. What? what? So he was arrested. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, because you can't do that. No. <laughs> it turns out. As it turns out, <laughs> don't slit your friend's throats just because the noise they're making is creeping you out a little. Like, yeah. what the fuck That's is wrong with him? Not, yeah. Why didn't he call 911? Whose first instinct is to hit you on the head with a shovel know, and then cut like, your you're throat? You're seizing. Stop it. I hate well, that. Stop making that noise. It's like slit your throat after hitting you repeatedly. <laughs> you're like, just like... To a person what? who's gurgling and dying, you're just like, shh. God, that's shh, an awful noise. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, like, <laughs> most people would be, like, panicking when their friend sees and just calling 911, not doing anything, because they'd be frozen. They'd be like, what do I do? What do I do? Like, yeah, exactly. You call 911. Like, <laughs> fuck. Yep. Okay, so. Oh, dear. So, he was arrested and charged with murder. Yeah. Uh, he had previously intended to join the Marines, so that mm. went down the drain, and um, in Nevada, he could face the death penalty. I find that hilarious. You can't join a group that kills people because you killed someone. Yeah. <laughs> that is ironic. Yeah. <laughs> Calling you out, Marines. All right. So, <laughs> so Cody hired an attorney. Um, his attorney was like, he didn't seem like a crazed killer, right? And it, it's just weird because he's like... Most killers don't. Like. But this guy, he, like, he's uh, his specialty is keeping people who have committed murder mm-hmm. off of death row. So basically he represents those people that are, are actually. definitely guilty. Yeah. Um, but does his work is to like try to get them life in prison. Yeah. Instead of death row. And even Mickey's family That's was good. shocked because they knew Cody and they're like, this doesn't seem right. Like yeah. it didn't make sense to them. They're like, he would never hurt her. Yeah, because they've been childhood friends. And it's such yeah. a weird story. It is. And uh they were like, yeah, he would never hurt her unless someone made him, is what Christina said. Ooh. So. Uh-oh. Um, and they said, like, there's no way that Michaela would insist that he dump Tony. She didn't like no. confrontation. She had her own boyfriend. And out of respect, she had been staying away from Cody. Like, yeah. out of respect for Tony. Because uh, Tony was kind of jealous of her, Ugh. it seemed. Yeah. So Tony. Let's talk about Tony. Yeah. So she was determined to be Cody's savior. Like, she helped him graduate and control his temper. She encouraged him in school and everything. Yeah. Um, when he was in jail, she stuck by him and sent him love letters and promising to be faithful and true. And they talked on refo- on the phone, and these conversations were recorded. Of course. And it was all just, like, a lot of, oh, I Love-y miss shit. being able to hold you. Yeah. Stuff. Um, Tony's dad uh, came with her to visit him because, like, at this point, Cody had become, like, a son to Tony's parents, right? Right. So Tony's dad came for support and asked him why, and he just said, I don't know. And then his lawyer had said to stop talking. So they hired a seasoned Ugh, investigator what? to examine Cody's confession, um, and some de- details didn't add up. Yeah. Mickey's like wounds were so brutal, they didn't seem to be the result of an accident, and a lot of them didn't seem to be from a shovel. Yeah, I was going to say... Yeah. Like, how did you hit her with the side of the shovel and keep slapping? Like, I know. Like, it, the story doesn't make sense at all. So, Mickey <laughs> had slicing disfigurement to her face. 
yeah. which indicates rage. And yeah. Um, yeah, so Tony had already talked to police during routine interviews. And so uh, when they <laughs> spoke to her, she said she had no idea why he would do it. Right. She didn't seem as devastated as other people. She was described yeah. as deadpan, like when she was interviewed about uh, Mickey's death, right? Had she known Mickey? I mean, she did, but oh, like, yeah. they weren't like friends in they school or anything. They were not friends. Okay. Um, her so, so Mickey's sister DJ saw Tony pretty much shut down after the murder, and she would not look at DJ, Ooh. and she wouldn't talk to people anymore that normally she would talk to. Oh. Which was weird. So she just, like, clammed up. Yeah. A few weeks after the murder, Tony got into a car with Cody's dad, Kit, wearing just her pajamas and went to the police station, bringing nothing with her, which makes it look like she assumed she wasn't coming back. Oh. Yeah. So she said to Cody's lawyers that she was ready to tell her story. Oh, shit. She said she was there when Mickey got killed. Uh, it began with a text from Cody saying, I have her. So What? Yeah. Uh, basically, Cody what? just said, I have her. And oh, no. what that meant was that Cody had Mickey. Premeditated. That's, it seems like it. Um, so Cody had Mickey, and yeah. it meant that Tony was to join them. Yeah. So they went driving. She said they went driving around and went to the gravel pits. Mickey and Cody got out of the car, and Mickey started yelling at him and pushing him. And Tony looked away, and then she heard a thud. So she got out to see what happened. Michaela was on the ground and not moving. And then she saw Cody start digging a grave. And when he was finished, they both started kicking and punching Mickey, who was semi-conscious. Oh, my gosh. And then they moved her to the grave. What? Yes. Yeah. Oh, no. So Cody was standing there. Like, they were both standing there kind of like, what are we going to do? And Tony ended up ended up holding down Mickey's legs. And then she said, and then we slit her throat. And then they were like, well, who slit her throat? You were Cody. And she's like, well, we both did. Okay. Yeah, so, like, they took turns slitting her yeah, throat? Yeah, what? I don't know. Like, they, what? <laughs> Tony hadn't even been a suspect or a person of interest in this case. Yeah. Because uh, she wasn't really connected with Mickey. No, she wouldn't have, Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but basically, she went to Cody's dad, Kit, and told him what happened, and he said it was her idea to come forward. Yeah. So then, yeah, I mean, I assume he probably encouraged her to come tell the truth, but... Yeah. Uh, basically, she was confessing this to Cody's attorneys to see if they could, like, help, but uh, since they didn't have attorney-client privilege, obviously the attorneys took the the chance to take some of the blame away from Cody and turned oh, over her statement. Shit. Yeah, because yeah, they're Cody's lawyers, right? That's yeah, what they work for. Yeah, no, you have to hire a lawyer first before you trust them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so she was arrested and there was without bail. Oh, jeez. So a little bit about Tony. She was a beauty queen at 13. Oh, uh, what is it with beauty queens? I don't know. <laughs> See, pageants fuck people up. They do. They're a bad place. She was West Wendover Junior Miss. Uh, oh, she boy. was super religious and close to her parents. She went to church. She had goals, knew where she wanted to go. She was very responsible. Uh, she didn't have very many friends except for Cody, though. But And they started dating in ninth grade. Right. Apparently, he was really possessive. Um, oh. And she and t- Cody both told different stories. Like, Cody had said that he had done the whole thing alone. Yeah. Tony insisted that she was there and that they murdered Mickey together. Right. 
Cody was physically intimidating. Like, he was, like, over six feet big guy. Oh, okay. And apparently was often angry and abusive and would yell at her and push her. Well, it kind of sounds like that. I mean, they mentioned that she helped keep his anger in check. So I was like, does he got a really bad temper? Yeah, he had a bad temper, like explosive apparently, according to everybody. Yikes. So two months before the murder, school surveillance showed him getting rough with Tony in the hallway and grabbing her around her neck. Wow. Yeah. Um, In early 2012, a deal emerged. Uh, Cody could plead guilty to first-degree murder, and he would get life with po- with possibility of parole right. if he testified against Tony. Oh, jeez. So he initially took the deal and then <laughs> changed his mind and instead decided to take his chances in court. Oh, boy. So then the next day they offered Tony a similar deal, uh, but it was better. <laughs> Basically, they were like, if you testify against Cody, you will get second degree murder and you can ha- get parole after 18 years. And Tony said yes. Uh, so Tony said basically that Cody was upset with Mickey and that he hated the sound of her voice. Things <sighs> had been building up for a while. Oh my gosh. Uh, the detail of the text that he sent her saying, I have her, didn't change. She she stuck with that. Oh, okay. And there were like hundreds of texts between the two of them that day. Between and they couldn't. Cody and Mickey? Uh, between Tony and Cody. Oh, okay. And they couldn't uncover them, so they were like encrypted or like what? I don't. They I guess deleted. deleted them oh, and yeah. somehow yeah. yeah, not encrypted. Whoops! I don't think you can yeah. do that. <laughs> okay. So basically, when Tony got in the car, she said she saw, and they drove away. She said she noticed suddenly Mickey was stuffed in the back seat of the <laughs> SUV, and she looked scared. Oh. And Cody looked determined and angry. Fuck. And Cody, like, while they were sitting there and driving, Cody sent a text to Tony saying, we have to kill her. And so Tony kind of, like, turned to him and mouthed, why? Right? Uh. And Cody pulled over at the gravel pits and ordered uh, Tony to stand guard as he dug a hole. Oh, my God. And then he took Mickey and pushed her to the ground and demanded that Tony hit her. What? And then he pulled Mickey's hair back and kneed her in the face. Um, Tony backed off. While Cody started punching and kicking Mickey. And then Tony looked up at Cody and he said, he told Tony, like, hit her with a shovel. What? Yeah. So she did. Tony hit (sighs) Mickey in the back of the shoulder with a shovel. And then Cody took the shovel from her and whacked Mickey in the back of the head. Fuck. And then when they got Mickey in the hole that he dug, Cody got on top, like, sort of in front. Yeah. And Tony was holding... Uh, Mickey's legs down and she couldn't see what he was doing but then suddenly Mickey's legs went still and she got freaked out so she backed off so basically what she's saying is Cody alone used the knife to slit Mickey's throat Um, at one point Mickey looked up at Cody and was like am I still here am I still alive Uh, and then Cody ordered Tony to get into the car and Tony heard like the last sounds of Mickey being killed and Cody buried her by himself Oh, my God. After the murder, they went to McDonald's for a drink. <laughs> okay. And then they crossed state lines into Utah and burned Mickey's clothes. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, Can you imagine how terrifying that would be? Like, be kidnapped by a friend and, like, they dig a grave before you're dead. I know. And there's more oh to God. it, too, that might, like, let on what Mickey thought was going to happen versus well, what did happen. Yeah, and I mean, already Tony has changed her story from we both slit her throat to Cody did it. Yeah. So So the DA asked her, he was like, can't can't you tell me why this happened? And Tony said no. Yeah. But Tony left behind something that might reveal motive. She'd been keeping a diary. (sighs) Before 
um, she confessed. She gave it to Cody's parents, and Cody's parents turned everything over. Basically, she had poured out everything in there. He, uh, wow. She was saying things like, he is embarrassed by me. He really doesn't love me. Um, she was afraid that Cody will leave me for someone else, cheat on me, that Cody and I won't last forever, we won't get married. Uh, she had terror that relationship wouldn't work out, and she said <laughs> uh, if it didn't work out, there'd be no point in living. Yeah, he sounds like a great guy. It'd suck to lose him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she said in one entry, I'm very angry today, so angry that I am trying to overdose. After I got off the Whoa. phone with Cody, I went and took four aspirins. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's not a very like, good overdose oh, yeah. attempt. Good Four try. whole aspirins. And then what? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, um, okay. Yeah. Uh, she wrote, we might as well break up so he can get back together with her. He will be happier and can see her a lot, a lot more than he will ever see me. They are perfect for each other. They would be so happy together if I didn't steal him away. I know in my heart he really doesn't love me. Yikes. Um, so it kind of makes it sound like he did actually date Mickey, even yeah. though his Mickey's family thing. didn't think that they did. Yeah. So either he had a thing for Mickey. Yeah. Or it kind of seems like he did. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was super angry. What What the fuck was his problem? Uh, so Mickey's family was kind of like, I don't know. They didn't believe Tony, really. Um, they said right. Tony used to get upset if Michaela was seen talking to Cody. She would yell and say horrible things to Michaela and oh. call her names. He couldn't be around other girls, especially Mickey. What? Neither of them could do things, though, like neither Tony or Cody. Like, they would get mad. If one was seen talking to opposite yeah, gender. It yeah, it was like they were both really jealous. Yeah. Um, at One day, Christina was doing laundry outside, and Tony came along. Um, like, so she was doing laundry and she was chatting with Cody and Tony came along and Cody was like, I have to go. Oof. And Christine, Christina was like, you can't even talk to me. And he said, no. What? That's so, weird. Yeah. yeah. So basically so Mickey's family. So he couldn't family, talk to anyone. No, he couldn't talk. No girls. But especially not Mickey or her family. Right. So Mickey's family said Tony was the driving force in the relationship for sure. Right. So Cody did plead guilty to first degree murder. Um, the only way he would see daylight again and take the death penalty off the table was to do that. Right. He did plead for mercy from the judge and begged forgiveness from Mickey's family. Oof. And he did at one point weirdly speak of Tony in his like um, – Like in his like – His statement basically. His, yeah, his mercy plea or whatever. He said, I want to state that Tony is not all to blame. Well – which yeah. it implies that she played a large role, like larger yeah, than what like according, she said. Yeah, because according to this story, yeah, she didn't, she wasn't all to blame. Yeah, like, like what it all. makes it sound like he's saying is that Tony was she did the more. main one doing it. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like there was more to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he got life without possibility of parole. Yikes, okay. So Tony gave a follow-up interview to NBC, which I watched. Oh. Oof. And they let her mother watch. Um, she could see but not hear her mother, um, and they couldn't see, hear the mother, right? So basically right. – So her mother was like – yeah. Yeah. Basically, she said that the stuff in the diary about Mickey was from a really long time ago, which makes sense. Yeah. I um, could see that like because, a while back. Yeah. yeah like they've yeah. been together since ninth grade. Yeah. It could have been along any point in time since yeah. Cody and Mickey had been childhood from friends. From all indications, it didn't sound like – yeah – all of that other stuff was Unless going on recently. It. Yeah. She she says she didn't ma- manipulate him. And she when 
this was happening. She couldn't see what he was doing a lot of the time when they were killing Mickey. And she didn't help with the knife part. She was totally distancing herself from the crime. And she was looking at her mother a lot. And then the interviewer asked why. Like she had gone along with this. And she she said that she was scared that Cody would hurt her too. And at some point she did say like... I thought I'd be next to. Which why would make I, sense yeah. in that sort of scenario. <clears throat> because she was a witness. Yeah, and he's angry as fuck and not in his right mind. Exactly. So this is something weird that they found. Cody Shit. had said something, and this was buried deep in the court file. Cody had started making a sworn statement to the DA. Um, this is at the time like when he rejected the plea deal. So right. He said there was an incident. Basically, Tony had confronted Mickey in the school hallway and called her a slut. She said exactly, look at there. There's that slut. Look at there? Yeah, I know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay, Tony. I guess you were working with some Well, this is Tony's supposed words in Cody's words. Okay. So who knows? Okay. Cody told Tony to knock it off. Base, and then they were, like, talking to the sister DJ, and she said that Tony really hated Mickey. She would walk by and say really rude stuff under her breath. Yikes. And her hatred of Mickey just grew over time. Like, it escalated. Like, and that day, it had escalated crazily. So she was really pissed with Mickey the day that Mickey was killed? Yeah. So Cody said that he said, why don't you guys just talk it out? And Tony said she just wanted to duke it out with Michaela. Yikes. So Cody told Michaela that, and and Michaela said, okay. Yeah, right? like, so, let's go. Okay, let's go. Let's have this confrontation. Yeah. So Mickey got into the car with him willingly, and then they drove around for a while, and then they picked up Tony, and then they headed to the gravel pits, and then everything a, went down. For a beat down. Yeah. Yikes. But he wasn't able to continue with this story, like, what happened when they got to the gravel pits as a like between the confrontation with Tony and Mickey. Right. Because just then his attorney arrived at the hearing and Cody stopped talking right. and rejected the plea deal and never finished his statement. Shit. So his attorney has an opinion. Yeah. Basically, there was an opportunity for Tony to confront Mickey, and they went out there to have this confrontation, and then everything went really bad. Well, it clearly went extremely bad. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on your point of view. It went really fucking bad. <laughs> that went well. Well, now they're both in jail, so it went bad for both it of went them, bad. but especially for poor Mickey. They ruined all of their lives. Good. Yeah. They deserve it. So DJ said that Cody played one nasty prank after another on Mickey before all this happened. Oh. So, um, oh, so Cody was kind of bullying her. He was a little bit. It was weird. It was like he was trying to get her attention. Um, As an 18-year-old. I know. God, that's pathetic. At one point, he had a box cutter one day, and, like, she, he swiped it across her arm. (gasps) And they're super sharp, so she didn't notice at first, right? But then she looked down, and she was bleeding. And she looked up, and Cody was laughing. So Mickey told DJ, she's like, he's not worth it. I'm going to cut him out of my life. And she started avoiding him. That's fair. So it kind of ended their friendship when he started acting like a freak. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, cut her. Cutting people with box cutters might end your friendships. Yeah. It's a thought. That's pretty bad. Don't do that. (laughs) Your crush will not fall for you. No, that's not They're going to think you're a psycho. And you probably are if that was your go-to. likely are. (laughs) Yeah, God. I mean, I've had guys, like, do weird shit to get my attention. Yeah, it usually ends after elementary school, but... No, this was in high school. Yikes. They God. never used a box cutter, but there no. was this one guy... I would hope not. ...who I'm not sure I would put it past. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, some people get weird with their crushes. It's like, there's this type of misogyny where, like, a lot of guys don't realize that that's what's going on, but, like, 
they hate and love this girl at the same time. Like, yeah. they just hate the object of, like, their sexual desires, basically. Yeah. And that's how they think of her, basically, as, like, an object that's causing them this weird turmoil. Like, it's, like, an anger and a lust. It's, like, I don't know, Cloud Frollo yeah. from fucking Hunchback. Yeah. It's anger because, basically, they've decided that since they they have such strong feelings for you, they own you. Yeah. And you're not allowed to have your own life even though you don't reciprocate this Or even feelings. necessarily know about them. Yeah. Or even know about them. Like, yeah. I, um... I had my boyfriend from another school at a school dance in high school. Yeah. And basically, like, he and I just left the gym, left the dance, like, to go sit down and, and just relax yeah. for a few minutes. And this guy was out there, and he saw us together, and, like, he literally, like, like went off and started kicking a garbage can. What the like, fuck? Like, freaking out. Holy shit. So we went back in the dance because I was like, I'm not dealing with that shit. I've seen crushes of mine, like secret crushes of mine, get together with other people over time. And it always hurts, but I've never been mad. No, you can't get mad. I've never been mad about it. No. They didn't do anything to hurt you. No, and I didn't say anything about Mm. having the crush. And even if I did, they don't owe me a relationship. Like, it never occurred to me to get mad. You can't, you don't. I get sad. You can't just expect a relationship from the person that you have a crush on. No, like, they they don't owe you. They have to reciprocate the feeling. Yeah, they don't owe you a relationship just because you want one. Like, it needs to work for both of you. (laughs) It has to be on both sides. Yeah. It's a weird entitlement to women, especially. Like, this happens so much. Yeah. And Cody was really mad after Mickey cut him out of her life. Yeah. He would actually go out of his way to try to make her mad so that she would talk to him. Yeah. Um, And Mickey was telling DJ that Cody kept trying to get her to go out with him and Tony. Oh. And, but she was saying, I don't get it. Something's wrong. Like. Yeah, because that's fucking Because Tony hated her. Yeah. Like, there's no, like, it didn't add up. Yeah, no. She got them out of their life. So they're, what, like, happy with you? Yeah, like. Yeah. Why would. They want you to come out with them and hang out. No. Yeah, no. Uh, Mickey wouldn't have gone voluntarily is what DJ thinks. And the evidence is the zip tie. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah, so they think that um, when Tony and Cody knew that they – like they knew when they would find Mickey alone after school because DJ was at college. Yeah. Um, Christina, who usually picked her up, and her husband were out of town. Her mom was at work. Uh, So – this is the only time she would have ever had to walk home was this day. Creepy. And so they must have known that, right? Yeah. And then in that interview, Tony said something about when we got to the designated area. Oh. Which is weird because – premeditated. Yeah. Designated I mean, area. It could be that like they had designated an area where the confrontation was going to happen. Yeah, if that's But that wasn't – Tony's story was that there wasn't going to be confrontation, so – yeah, it kind of gives so it away that they're actually they had designated an area for Tony and Mickey to like confront each other or do something. Yeah, like yeah. So then, like the interviewer was like the designated area, and she's like where everything went down, and he's like yeah, but you called it the designated area. What yeah. does that mean? And she's like just the area where we ended up. It's <laughs> like uh, okay, you're dodging. Yeah, that I question. end up at designated areas all the time. <laughs> yeah, I do yeah. Um, so it really sounds like they had planned to go that specific area. Yeah. Um, and then after this, police Ooh. revealed that Cody had been seeing an older woman. What? Yeah. So he had actually been cheating on Tony, but it was with Not an with older Mickey. woman. Yeah. But it wasn't with Mickey. And Tony knows now, right? Like she's found out all of this, these details now. But did she know back then? Shit. Like she, she might probably have thought he was sneaking out with. Mm-hmm. She probably oh, sensed no. that he was cheating on her, 
and thought it was probably Mickey because it seemed pretty clear that Cody had a bit of a crush on her. Yeah, and they had been childhood friends, so she's close to him or had been, yeah, like... Oh, she was no. really threatened by Mickey, obviously, so yeah. Yeah, obviously, yeah. So she just made the assumption that he was sneaking around with Mickey. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cody. You're right. And Tony, God. But like Cody and Tony. Yeah. And Nevada. <laughs> I I won't blame Nevada for their gravel pits this time. No, but we have but to yell at a state. We every haven't done episode, it in a long time. Every episode. Well, I think we did it earlier in the episode with New Jersey, so. Oh, yeah. But that, we've already yelled at New Jersey, <laughs> I think, so. It's, yeah, but we already yelled at them for all their cryptids. This time we have, we've got a new state. We're going to get a listener email that just, like, yells at every province just because someone is going to listen to this and, like, be so nationalistic that they're actually, like, mad. Yeah. That, like... <laughs> Two podcasters jokingly, like, distastate. I'm pretty sure we actually do have listeners in Nevada, too, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I looked. Well, this is a horrifying case. Sorry, Nevada. Yeah. It's not your fault. No, God, no. I don't understand why anybody wants to live in a desert, but that's up to you. Um, (laughs) Las Vegas is there, right? Yeah. That's That's a lot of people. Yeah. I knew someone who lived there, but they talked about how many cockroaches there were, and I was like, that sounds bad. Honestly, I don't understand why anybody wants to live where we live, and here we are, so. Well, we're like a tundra, so we're like an ice desert. We're, we're like ice... Nevada, but cold, like. But we've, well, we're have we less deserty. We do have, like, yeah. forests and stuff, and. Um, well, Alberta specifically, not yeah. Not all that sand that. No, yeah. <laughs> actually has. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just, wow. So I this know. is a famous case, hey? Well, it's not. It's just oh, one it's I grew obsessed with. Well, it's interesting. It's famous in my mind. Well, it had a documentary, so. <laughs> yeah. It had a, yeah, I mean, like, uh, there are a lot of there cases lot of that cases. didn't become huge, huge news that have documentaries, which is nice for me at work. Cause Gives you something to do. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes Good. I, I like that. It. Yeah. I d- stick it to the capitalist system. Exactly. Like, get paid. Yep. Sounds exhausting. <laughs> I mean, I You should, should take more breaks. I do get my work done. <laughs> It is exhausting. All those documentaries? Yeah, no. I know. You're doing a lot of brain work. It's so, so you should hard. probably take another 15. My life is so hard. On the clock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. But, um, yeah, wow. Okay. So this this was a mystery, hey? Mm. Did they ever... Very short-lived kind of... mystery. I mean, they figured it out pretty quickly. So it was that last version of the story? You know what my theory is because of Tony saying designated area and stuff? I think Cody did actually – was starting to tell the truth before he rejected that plea deal. Yeah. That there was going – supposed to be a confrontation between Tony and Mickey. Yeah. But at some point, either Cody or Tony decided um, they were just mad enough that they were just going to zip tie Michaela's wrists instead and not actually make it a fair fight. And then it went wrong. That's my theory. They were just so mad. They just killed her. Mm-hmm. God, that poor girl. Or it went wrong and then they had to zip tie her to like keep her still so that they could finish killing finish her. Finish it off and not get caught, hopefully. Yikes. Which didn't work. Where'd the shovel come into it though? Because they had a shovel at the ready. Yeah, it probably was in the SUV. Yeah. Like probably so in the So that means back. like maybe it didn't go wrong. It sounds like they planned enough yeah, to that's bring a, a shovel. That's the thing. Like, like do unless you he that? happened to have a shovel in his SUV. Yeah. Which is. I mean, not it's not impossible, unlikely, no. but it's it's weird, a little weird, yeah, yeah. Then and like to have time to like 
and the presence of mind to dig a grave and everything. It just seems like a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yikes. Yeah, that's weird, Ugh. right? Yeah, that's so weird. Ugh. Oh, my goodness. It does feel like they did plan... So now that you know that high school can be a scary, scary place, which I'm sure you already knew if you've been to high school yet. Like, (laughs) if you're not still in junior high uh, and you've lived life, If you're in junior high, you know what you have to look forward to. (laughs) I hear mixed reviews about high schools, and they've gotten a lot better. Like, uh, popularity works differently, right? You know, you see all these, like... um, like, YouTubers who are, like, in their early 30s and stuff making, like, high school movies when they make movies. Mm-hmm. And they're always really out of touch. Like, there's still, like, the jocks and the cheerleaders and, like, yeah. the sit- Like, that doesn't – that's not really how that works. <laughs> like, it's not, like, an 80s rom-com. Like, no, they aren't. No. And it wasn't even I mean, when I was in high school. But... I am early 30s, theoretically. <laughs> theoretically, you'd think that. But, like, I feel like it wasn't even It wasn't then. really. But I also went to an alternative <clears throat> high school, which was, like – um, study at your own pace. Yeah, it was like, like it was independent a lot of study. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot of freedom. Yeah, a lot of people did not graduate. Yeah, because they get did. lazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got lazy, but then I ha- I buckled down in my last year. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I'd gone there. It's it was good preparation for university because basically that's what it's like. Yeah. It's, it's so like you've, you're given so much freedom that it's like you're in university yeah you need to be able to pace yourself because your professors don't like walk you through it anymore no and you don't have like designated homework time in classes and no they they... don't walk you through assignments and stuff so yeah no they just talk at you and expect you to do it yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) so yeah um look forward to that and (laughs) if you have your own like scary high school stories you should email them to us at uh two scared siblings at gmail.com Yes. And we're all over the internet as everything except on Twitter, Too Scared Sibs. Everything else, Too Scared Siblings. I have to work on our website. Yeah, yeah, you do. And we are looking, Uh, we're still looking around for like an intro song. So anyone's into creating music or electronic music or anything, uh, let us know if you're interested and what your rates are and whatever else. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll pay you. Yep. (laughs) We can't pay a ton though. So hopefully you're like an indie person who's like i'm pretty good with price but yeah <laughs> like, we will pay you honestly. yeah yeah all right all right so that's that's it on that cheery note on that yeah cheery on, note. on murder <laughs> of murder and horror yeah well hmm so sorry we saved a cat we did if that makes it okay, better so yeah let's bring it back to that yeah we saved a cat so saved a hold cat. that with you her pizza are probably fine all right, her little peats. <laughs> All right. All right. Sleep well. Good night. Mwah. No kisses. Too late. <laughs> it's my tradition now.